This weekend's showdown with the New York Giants is undoubtedly remarkably important for the New Orleans Saints, but maybe even more important for quarterback Derek Carr. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, credential media member with the New Orleans Saints, senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, it is the game plan. We're going to go through in a bit of an abridged Jackson 5 in this one to set everything up for Sunday's game. Why controlling the line of scrimmage? is imperative how the New Orleans Saints can curb that Wink Martindale blitz and to get us all started. We're going to be taking a look at Derek Carr, who has a real opportunity ahead of him to start changing his perception. We appreciate you as an everydayer for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. In LinkedIn jobs is to help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free today at LinkedIn.com slash locked in NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked in NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This weekend against the New York Giants, Derek Carr has a real opportunity to start to change his perception here in the city of New Orleans, or rather the perception of him. Listen, there are three really good reasons why this game is super important for Derek Carr to start to prove that he's the guy at quarterback, if nothing else but for now. Number one, for all the talk that the Saints had on and off the field, that fans have had off the field, all these other things, and on the outside, the fact of the matter is that the on-field product has not been what was promised by Derek Carr and by the New Orleans Saints. That has an opportunity to begin to change with four very important games on the way. It all starts this weekend. Number two, going up against the New York Giants hype of Tommy DeVito or Tommy Cutlets, the way that everybody has rallied around him, team, organization, roster, um, uh, uh, staff, fan base, the nation, all of it. This is an opportunity for Derek Carr to play a little bit of spoiler. And nobody loves Petty like the city of New Orleans. And number three, last week's offense was super, super limited. Lots of throws to or just beyond the line of scrimmage with just a couple of passes downfield in that game. This is Derek Carr's opportunity as well to prove that he is healthy enough to run the Saints offense and stay reeled in. There's a balance that needs to be struck there. So really good opportunity here for Derek Carr, a guy that the New Orleans Saints were super excited to get into the building and so far has had ups and has had downs. But right now, it's very clear that the public perception of Derek Carr is majority negative, at least in the loudest spaces of social media and things like that. When I walk on the street and I talk to people here actually in the city, A lot of people are just excited that their favorite football team is playing this weekend, and that's it, right? Like, for a lot of people, that's the enjoyment that you get from 
having a professional football team or an NFL football team in your city, especially with one that has the connection to the community the way that the New Orleans Saints has, Katrina, all of these other things, stuff that I have witnessed firsthand. But in the loudest spaces, online, social media, message boards, podcasts, media, all this other stuff, overall, the thought process around Derek Carr is a negative one. Mike Sando just updated his quarterback tiers over at The Athletic. I know it's behind a paywall, but don't worry about it. I got you. Here's what was one of the things that was said about Derek Carr from an AFC West coach or somebody that worked in the AFC West that saw Derek Carr quite a bit, effectively paraphrasing here, saying that, look, Josh McDaniel did a good, Josh McDaniels did a good job, the former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, did a good job moving on from Derek Carr just on time, even though he made the bad decision of moving on to Jimmy Garoppolo. Another scout or another person with an AFC West organization mentioned that everything that you saw at the beginning of last year was effectively an example of Josh McDaniels getting something with very little out of Derek Carr. The perception around Derek Carr right now is so negative that people are actually giving Josh McDaniels coaching credit which I have never seen before. And I think that is, I think that's an AFC West person with a little bit of a grudge, right? Or a little bit of an ax to bury, whatever it might be. I don't agree with that take, just to be clear. Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Josh McDaniels will ever be a head coach. And so the way that I look at the perception around Derek Carr is that there's a lot of negativity around it. And here's a big opportunity for Derek Carr to begin to curb that negativity. And look, it's not all gonna happen in one game, right? He's not gonna go out there unless he manages to put up 63 points up against the uh, New York Giants, just like the Las Vegas Raiders just did to uh, Los Angeles Chargers last night on Thursday Night Football, which had as much to do about the defense scoring points, eight different players scoring touchdowns for the first time since 1950, all that, than it really had to do with Aiden O'Connell. But if Derek Carr leads the way to this big time blowout, then yeah, sure, maybe the public perception changes overnight. But for the most part, this is going to be a process. And I think that Derek Carr knows that. If you listen to his press conference on Wednesday, one of the things that he mentioned what he, is that he will continue to give his all mentally and physically to bring success for this team. This is a process for Derek Carr, and it's in a very important process. Because there's a lot going on within that New Orleans Saints organization if this team ends up with a losing record. There was another report that came out not too long ago from Jeremy Fowler over at ESPN talking a little bit about coaching searches and coaching and all these other things, basically saying that, look, the Saints, and this is what we've been saying here. If you're an everydayer on the show, you've heard this over and over again. The Saints don't want to move on from Dennis Allen by the end of the season. Dennis Allen is the reason that Derek Carr is in the building. So a winning season and pushing to success late here in the season and getting to the playoffs, something that the Saints are more accustomed to doing than not as an organization, would help to save his coach and keep his coach out of hot water going into next year and therefore would help keep him in the building going into next year as well, as does his contract and all these other things. But there's clearly something to fight for here on individual levels for a lot of people high ranking within the New Orleans Saints, whether it's roster, coaching staff, otherwise, in addition to just simply getting this team back to the playoffs where it belongs. And that historically has been this team's line. That's where it needs to be drawn again here this season. So when you look at Derek Carr, when you're watching him this weekend, 
couple of things that you're watching for. Can he indeed change or begin to change that perception of who he is or who he's taken in as over the course of this game? That's big over the course of this weekend. The other thing is watching him potentially play spoiler to Tommy Mania, uh, uh, DeVito Sanity, whatever it is that you want to call it. Can he play spoiler to it? And you know what? Can the New Orleans Saints be a little freaking cocky about it? For a change. What we saw last week, there was one moment where um, Chopper Style was blazing in the, or blaring, not blazing, was blaring in the Superdome. The audience was, you know, the, the people in attendance were dancing. Jamal Williams was getting ovations because he was dancing on the sideline and they were throwing him on the Jumbotron and all this other stuff. It felt for that one moment of reprise like the New Orleans Saints of old. Can they find it again? in pettiness and in cockiness with a red-hot team rolling into the New Orleans Saints Superdome here, or the New Orleans Saints home at the Caesar Superdome. And finally, with that offense being so limited last week, can the Saints and Derek Carr expand more dynamics into their offense? It doesn't mean 50 deep shots here, okay? This means the ability to be able to attack a more dynamic range of the field, short, intermediate, behind the line of scrimmage when necessary. And we're going to talk about why behind the line of scrimmage is going to be very necessary in this game up against the New York Giants and deep when the opportunities present themselves. A major opportunity for the New Orleans Saints to get off to the right start here as they continue to try to keep their playoff hopes alive, but maybe even more a major opportunity for Derek Carr to begin and lay the framework of changing his perception while he's been here in New Orleans. Coming up next, we're going to get to our game plan. A little bit less Jackson 5 this week because, look, the Saints don't have a ton of things that they need to do to be able to get a win here and to be able to go up against this uh, New York Giants defense. We broke down the offense on Wednesday's episode. Make sure you go back for that, but hang around here as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints for the offensive side and what the Saints need to do to combat that Wink Martindale crazy blitzing defense. Got that coming up for you right now as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. If you've got a small business, if you've got a large business, if you're looking to hire, you want to make sure that as you're looking to hire, that you have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn. In jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has all the tools to help you find the professionals that are a good fit for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than, listen to this, a billion professionals, B-I-L-L-I-O-N professionals, which makes it the easiest and best place to hire. And hiring uh, it, it becomes really easy when you got those kinds of numbers, right? You got that many quality candidates. In fact, 86% of small businesses are have said to get qualified candidates within 24 hours. They even just launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process easier and faster. So post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Once again, thank you as an everydayer for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Uh, don't forget to go and check out the Locked on Sports Today 24-7 stream, the first ever national sports 24-7 uh, stream on YouTube. Make sure you go and check that out today. Find it at Locked on Sports Today today. 
All right, so as we take a look at where the New Orleans Saints need to get things done over on the offensive side today, going up against the New York Giants defense, I want to remind you that on Thursday's episode, we had our crossover Thursday with Patricia Trena breaking down everything around this matchup between the New York Giants and the New Orleans Saints, as well as on Wednesday, we took a look at the New York Giants defense and, excuse me, offense and how the Saints defense needs to get those done. So in our usual tradition of the Jackson 5, I want to start off with the three things on defense, just as a quick reminder for you in terms of what those three things are the Saints need to be able to do. Number one, the corners have to be the ones that are the difference makers for the New Orleans Saints. The uh, the, the uh, New York Giants love to target the perimeter. That's going to put a lot of pressure on the corners. Thankfully, Saints corners have performed well so far this season. Number two, redirecting runners to the middle of the field into congestion, into backup, into other players so that you can kind of get mini hats to the football, all of those things. The New York Giants love to run to the perimeter as well. 41% of their rushes going towards the outside. Can't give up the sideline. Got to push him back in. And then number three, let's take a look at the fact that you need to get pressure on Tommy DeVito as well as take away some of those deep shots. That way he's forced to operate closer to the line of scrimmage, which is where you see his passer rating plummet so far over the course of his first four games. So with all of that in mind, what does the New Orleans Saints offense need to do to combat against the New York Giants defense? So this is where we get to point number four here in our Jackson 5, which is going to be taking a look at countering the Giants blitz. The New York Giants blitz at the second highest rate in the NFL at, uh, oops, I ended up messing my number there. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> the second highest rate in the NFL behind only the Minnesota Vikings and Brian Flores's crazy defense. Of course, they blitz 41.6% of the time, which means just about half the time, right? Very close to half the time, especially by the NFL standards. In case you're wondering where the New Orleans Saints are on that list, by the way, much, much, much lower, just beyond the lower half, or just into the lower half at just 24%. But that number has ticked up, especially last week with the Zach Bond uh, pass rush involvement. So expect that to continue to move up this week as well. So the Giants, you can expect to blitz Derek Carr almost 50% of the time, almost on half the snaps that you see. Probably the difference between... 41.6% and 50% is made up by goal line snaps or red zone snaps and stuff like that, where they might not be uh, as heavy a blitz team in those situations. At least that's what the tape shows. So what are some of the ways that you can combat the blitz? Well, here's a couple of my favorite things, and it all comes down to a common principle that we always see in the New Orleans Saints offense, the trips formation and other three by one formations. So that's what I expect you're going to see a lot of for the New Orleans Saints. Now, if I'm the New Orleans Saints, here's the way that I set that up. Over on the field side, which is the side, so if you're if the ball is on the right hash mark, right, you have the boundary side, which is the shorter side to the sideline to your right, and then you have the field side, which is the longer side to the sideline to your left. So for me, the field side where you have the most space, you've got three players lined up over on that side, typically, and, and the way that I would do this, all three wide receivers, and then over on the back side of the play, Juwan Johnson or a tight end, right? And so there are a couple of different variations, couple of different concepts that you can run from that formation. What I like are sticks, as well as stick and go opportunities, bubble screens, as well as quick screen. So these are the four things that you're really looking at. So the stick, com uh, the stick concept comes from your number one receiver is the one furthest to the outside, typically running a go route. Your number two receiver, the next one in is running a hitch, which is usually like push up six yards, turn around back towards the quarterback. And then, or, you know, you might call that a comeback. You might call that a curl, whatever you like. 
And then the wide receiver number three, who is towards the inside, remember these number one, number two, number three designations aren't about importance of the play. It's just the order in which they're lined up from outside to inside. That's all that that means. So then your, your number three ends up running a bit of a bubble screen. So it goes out into the flat, basically. And so what this does is that it creates a conflict defender on the inside, oftentimes a linebacker. That linebacker either needs to play down to the bubble, in which case you go over the top of his head to the hitch, or he plays with depth to the hitch, in which case you're able to get a little bit of leverage on the bubble towards the outside, get that to a Rashid Shahid, for instance, with good speed, get him towards the outside. You can also do a pre-snap read, let's say Rashid Shahid or Chris Olave, if he's healthy and good to go. We'll see how everything goes with his ankle injury at practice later today. Hasn't been at practice the last two days. If you get one of those two guys over on the outside, then you get an opportunity for a pre-snap read. Let's say that the corner is playing all the way down the uh, New York Giants who blitz a lot, but who also end up playing a lot of cover one man. So that's that one single high safety over the top and in the middle of the field. If you get a good matchup on the outside where a corner is playing down pre-snap, so five yards or closer to the receiver at pre-snap, that's an if I'm even, I'm leaving type situation for the wide receiver. And then you might be able to take your well-calculated, very important, well-calculated and well-timed deep shot over on that side. If the defense overloads everything over to the field side where you have those trips, you have an opportunity to hit the step slant over on the backside of that play to a guy like Juwan Johnson. You want a big body over there. Juwan Johnson, uh, maybe that's an A.T. Perry role if you don't want to go tight end. That's a Foster Moreau opportunity. That's a Jimmy Graham opportunity over there, especially in the red zone. So I would expect to see a good bit of this formation because it's very common in attacking the things that the uh, that the New York Giants do a lot. Blitz, play cover one, and play cover three with the three deep safeties. The variation on that stick concept is a stick and go concept. All that you're looking at there is that number two receiver that's running that hitch that we were talking about. If the safety ends up breaking hard on that hitch, he'd have the option to leave, right? To just push up and run the fly route, and then maybe you can capture something over the top. That really works well against quarters defenses where the safeties and the deep defenders have to be really aggressive in order to play the run, play the short pass, all of those other things, because there's so much space left open in the middle of the field in that case, or the box as it's called, often referenced. Um, and, and, and the Giants don't do that a ton, but if you get an aggressive safety, there is an opportunity to be able to take that. Let's go to the bubble screens and quick screens real quick to wrap this up before we take a look at the run game for the New Orleans Saints. The bubble screen is one that you can take. That's the number three receiver bouncing towards the outside, hit that receiver in stride, give them an opportunity to turn upfield. They'll have two receivers who are going to have two defenders on the outside, and then it becomes the responsibility of the screen player to beat the other player, right? He's got to win one, but then he's got the blockers on the other side and he's got numbers on the other side. The opposite of that, instead of playing from the inside out, the number three receiver bouncing outside you can go to a quick screen, which would be their number one receiver outside to inside doing the same thing. Same idea. You get two blockers in front of you. It more if you can get your pulls in time, your running back, your guard on the outside, whoever's going out there to help. Uh, but you try to get the numbers over on the outside. The difference between a bubble screen is that it's the inside guy taking the screen to the outside. And then a quick screen is the outside guy taking the screen to the inside. That's all that it is. But those are really effective against the blitz, especially that bubble screen, because if the ins, if the blitzer ends up being the defender that's lined up over the number three receiver, then that number three only has two defenders to beat with two blockers up ahead of them 
most immediately. Then he gets to create after that. So that's a big one to watch, especially if they're going to be blitzing with slot corners, slot safeties, or even third linebackers. There's an opportunity for you, you to be able to beat them at their own game by operating faster than they can with the blitz. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at how the New Orleans Saints then, instead of just looking at the passing game, utilize the opportunity to be able to win the line of scrimmage in the run game. We're far from done here. Got a lot more coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about trying therapy, BetterHelp Therapy Online is absolutely the place for you. I cannot recommend this enough, especially right now during the holiday seasons when there are certain things that maybe pop up all the time around, you know, uh, memories and family and all these other things. It can be, get a little bit complicated. So it'd be nice to do yourself a little bit of a favor and take care of yourself, right? And BetterHelp can absolutely help you do that from the comfort of your own home, offering the opportunity for you to take a questionnaire, be paired up with a licensed therapist that is a right match for you, free to change should you ever need to at no additional cost, and get an opportunity to be able to do everything from the comfort of your own home, whether it's a video chat, whether it's over the phone, whether it's text, whatever it is that you need, BetterHelp shifts and molds to fit your lifestyle. In a season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at how the New Orleans Saints run game can counteract that very aggressive defensive style. Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator for the New York Giants, has implored and, 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 and kind of installed uh, in that Giants locker room. I appreciate you very much. Make it Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, after the game on Sunday, probably around 5.15, 5.30 p.m. Central Time, we'll be live on the Locked on Saints YouTube channel with the audio posted very soon after to give you all of the reaction to the game, win or lose. Make sure you come through for that by subscribing to Locked on Saints. Hit the notification bell as well so you're notified when we go live if you want to be a part of the live show. Otherwise, you'll get it right afterwards as well, no matter how you take in the show. Appreciate you for being an everydayer here and checking us out. All right, so the the thing that I'm looking at like when it comes to run game, if, if I'm being 100% honest with you, vibes, right? Like we just did the whole schematic breakdown of how like this concept and that concept and this formation and that formation work against this coverage and all this other stuff. The run game is just straight up got to be about vibes. And, and, and when I talk about it being about vibes, I'm going back to last week. One of the things that I praised the New Orleans Saints offensive line for doing was not pass protection, but was indeed run protection, right? They punched Carolina in the throat right off the beginning of the game. They did that with the offensive line. Lynn Bowden's out there fighting people, not really fighting, but, you know, blocking people. You got uh, Foster Moreau uh, taking people off their cleats, all this other stuff. Like there was a good showing of we're stronger than you are, which I think is a big part of the mental side of football. If you can start to chip away at a defensive line's confidence and win in the trenches, you get a real opportunity here. And you got to be able to do that on both sides. Look, the uh, the New York Giants offensive line is is terrible. They they can't deal with stunts. They can't deal with with twists, all these other things the Saints love to do. Uh, the offensive line has been hurt. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity there for the New Orleans Saints to be able to generate the pressure and control the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. But they'll need to do it on the offensive side. And they'll need to do it on the offensive side from snap one. The first first and 10 of this game needs to be 
a run play. And I'm talking about a man power run play, five plus yards, something that establishes the tone and says, I'm going to be bigger and better and stronger and faster than you throughout the rest of this game. Buckle up because it's going to be a tough 60 minutes. That's what this needs to be for the New Orleans Saints. So look, we can talk about all the things that they need to do, the stretch runs, the pitches, um, getting the, the running backs involved in the short passing game as an extension of the run game, the things that we're used to, getting after these not-so-athletic linebackers in the passing game and everything is real. But controlling the line of scrimmage needs to be about the vibes. This has to be an opportunity for this New Orleans Saints team to be able to stand up, puff their chest out, and say, yeah, we're like that. And if the New Orleans Saints can do that early on in the game, then I think it goes a long way for them in wearing down that defensive line over the course of the matchup. Dexter Lawrence, the big defensive tackle right in the middle of that defensive line for the New York Giants, ain't nothing to blank with. This dude is incredible. He is a very, very solid, very, very good player and probably the most disruptive player on their defensive line. Although Kayvon Thibodeau, the uh, guy who sounds like he played at LSU, but actually played at Oregon, uh, was you know, has been on a tear here recently as well, forcing fumbles in, in several straight games, all that. So you want to avoid that stuff in the pass protection. That's why these like trips concepts and all this other stuff that we just broke down, they're all quick passing concepts, but they're not ones that are quick passing concepts that are married to the line of scrimmage. They can be quick passing concepts downfield based on your pre-snap reads and stuff like that. You have to find those same type of home run, but yet solid opportunities in the run game. Here's another way for the New Orleans Saints to dominate the line of scrimmage during this game. Run the ball with Taysom Hill. Taysom's been back at practice on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll see if he's back today as well. But so far, all signs are pointing, at least early, to the return of Rashid Shahid and the return of Taysom Hill, which is great because it lines up with the potential absence of Chris Olave. We'll see what happens there. I'm going to be honest with you. Chris Olave dealing with that ankle injury was out Wednesday, out Thursday. If he's even limited on Friday, he's playing. And honestly, even if he doesn't practice on Friday, I would still say that he probably hits the injury report as questionable and goes down as a game time decision because Chris knows this offense. Chris Olave knows how to impact this team. You're going to be good with him, whether he practices or not. So I would look at all of that. But I think one of the big key returns for the New Orleans Saints this weekend that not a lot of folks are paying attention to just yet is Taysom Hill. Between Alvin Kamara, Jamal Williams, who was fantastic last week, not only as a runner, but again, continues to be fantastic as a blocker, continues to be fantastic as somebody running routes and, and kind of serving the decoy, pulling linebackers out, all these other things, but really had, I think, his best rushing day of his New Orleans Saints, young New Orleans Saints career so far last week. I think the two of them obviously establish a lot, but run the ball with Taysom Hill and punch the New York Giants defense in the throat. It's got to be all about the vibes. It's got to be all about the vibes when it comes to the run game. So I'm all about seeing sort of that trio become a little bit more impactful week over week over week. Now, one other thing to watch when it comes to the run game is that uh, Ryan Ramchek was, uh, he did not practice on Wednesday, which is not unusual but it is a little bit unusual that he didn't practice with a knee injury. So it was very specific. He was limited on Thursday in practice. We'll see what happens today. But if the Saints don't have Ryan Ramchick, things can get a little bit shaky for the New Orleans Saints. Kayvon Thibodeau tends to line up over on that side, though he lines up on both, but oftentimes lines up on that offensive right side. If that's Landon Young out there, as opposed to Ryan Ramchick, Landon's a good dude. 
Landon's a smart, smart player. Maybe one of the smartest players I've ever gotten the opportunity to talk to. He's not Ryan Ramchek yet. He's not Ryan Ramchek at all. And so with that, that's going to be big. And that's going to be even bigger when it comes to the idea of getting the ball out quickly and all that. I will be very interested to see if maybe Wink Martindale flips the tendency a little bit. Maybe doesn't blitz as much. Maybe kind of pulls back on it. But that would be a vast departure from who he has always been as a defensive coordinator. So I'm not hanging any hats on that. For me, I'm just looking at how the New Orleans Saints can manage that level of pressure and how Derek Carr can manage that level of pressure as well in the passing game. But establishing the run game is going to help quite a bit because then they'll start stacking the box. The blitzes will come from the interior, all of these other things, which opens up that opportunity for you to be able to start distributing to the perimeter. I'm snapping because I'm making gestures about where passes go to the perimeter. Sorry about that. So I do think that the Saints have what they need to be able to win this game this weekend and have what they need to be able to hang with what's going to be a big challenge. I don't think this is going to be a 10 to 7 game. I don't think this is going to be a 14 to 17 game. I've got the Saints coming out of this game 31 to 20, 31 to 27, 30 to 27, something like that. I don't think that this is a low scoring affair by any means, but I also don't think it's nearly close to a blowout in either way. FanDuel has the Saints favored six points. I'll be surprised if the Saints win by more than three, not because of my lack of faith in New Orleans, in the Saints or anything like that. Just like that's what this game is going to be. I think this is going to be a back and forth matchup that's headlined by the fact that Derek Carr has the opportunity to be able to start to change the perception around him, followed up by how the New Orleans Saints manage that blitz heavy defense in the passing game. That is all established by the way that the New Orleans Saints established themselves, vibes only, in the passing game by punching New York in the throat as quickly and as early as they get the chance with their run game. Coming up soon, we're going to have you all set up for Sunday's game after the, our Sunday show after the game with our live show to get you ready. Appreciate you again for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Why don't you go and check out Locked on Pelicans now and go and check out Jake Madison. Everything's exciting going on with the New Orleans Pelicans. Go and check them out over at Locked on Pels. You can also go and revisit Patricia Trainer over at Locked on Giants to get more of how the Giants might be approaching this matchup as well. Once again, y'all, thank you very much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me on the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, Make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.